So we were supposed to have a special guest this week. That's yes. the whole reason why we watch this show. Yes. And I feel like I feel like I've been lied to. Yes, me too. I've been betrayed personally. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting right behind you too, which is like even worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so having the, having the person can't mention a, a party name. to the situation and say what? So we can't even mention her name. Mhm. Cuz then she's going to hear you and she's going to be like, "What?" Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's th- that's how that goes. Um that being said, you know, there's nothing more that I like to watch than a 46-year-old woman going back to high school trying to get her every opportunity trying to get some. Yes. <laughs> that's a way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. That's an out that's an outlook to have. Yeah, you know. Um I think I'm surprised that anyone has a career. Uh, who is who even touched this show? I'm really surprised that anyone came out has come out and, and remains clean at the end of this. Oh, really? Because um, it's so dirty. The, well, just the fact that no, I mean, yeah, but just the fact that. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <sighs> I'm fucking bummed out. This show, this show, <laughs> this 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 fucking god. How did this even get made? How did this even happen? That, there's a podcast called that, right? How did this get made? Have they talked about this? They should have talked about that. Uh, they do movies only. They don't do shows. So actually, they one day might do the Strangers with Candy movie, which came out in 2005. So it's possible. Although I think yeah. they're probably friends with these guys, or at least know them professionally. So, you know, they mostly cover stuff from like the mm-hmm. 90s, 80s, and 70s. Which is the in- oh. inverse of how you're supposed to say all that. But, you know. Yeah, well, you can, you, you I mean, can go flip, anyway. Just right? flip the script on them, yeah. right? Oh, man. So. It's Strangers with Candy. <laughs> I kind of like that intro. I do too. I was really bummed when I got to the second season and they switched it up with that cartoon intro. Ooh, Very oh bad. Oh God. Yeah. That. that mm. And that no, whole line awful. about like the she stole the TV. It's not good. Which makes no sense. It's not. It's funny. not referenced anywhere. It's not explained anywhere. She stole the TV. Like there's a special TV. Is it? I don't know. I do. That whole that, that whole thing was bad. I love the intro. Every time it gets me. I I do have to mm-hmm. say like uh my name is Jerry. The intro Bunch. we just played. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I meant like when, when she actually does like her pitch in the beginning of the show, like the cold open where she's like, my name's Jerry Blank. I was. Oh, a, oh I know. Yeah. I, oh, I know. I was referencing a bit of Radio Magic where I was going to have that play in post. Oh. And then say the one we just played. So you ruined it. I is what did. You no, do it anyway. It's fine. I'm an idiot. It's I'm going to. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I agree. It's, it's it's really fucking good. I actually, the first time, the first time I saw that, I was like, well, that's the intro right there. Exactly. Like that's the show intro. That's yeah. we're in. A user, a loser, and a boozer. It's the worst. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Can we talk about... What do we want to talk about first? Let's talk about the premise, right? What this show well, is. Well, I guess, man. This is Geek Squatch. We're fucking talking about Strangers with Candy. Sometimes... This is supposed to be a podcast all about 80s and 90s nerd nostalgia, but I don't think that has anything to do with what we're talking about tonight or most of the time. So I'm, here we are. It's Geek Squatch, everybody. I'm Alex. That's Caleb. This is a bad show. It was, What's the premise? I mean, the premise is ruined because the person who's supposed to join us, who loves this show and is going to like pump us all up for it, is not here. And that's Heather. Yes, I'm calling you out, Heather, even though you're right behind Alex mm-hmm. while we're having this recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't hear me or see me because you're looking and watching something on your app, Mac, Apple something, because uh, you love that shit for some reason. Uh, <laughs> she's there. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> she's going to be like, what? Yeah, yeah, she's not looking at you. You're fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> her her total like you know woman radar is like you know right to me no no we're fine three apple we're- devices three apple devices within like a fucking 15 degree span in front of the face yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh where she's probably watching i don't know what beyonce do something on on that youtubes or something like that 
I think it's Scandal. Oh, oh, yeah. Mm. You know she's mm-hmm. basic, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she loves this show, yeah. which, like, is weird. Well, all right, so here's the thing. Heather was going to join us, um, but she has started her official, actual, real-life um, career. Adult job. Um, yep. So she's doing her thing and absolutely crushing it, uh, which has left uh, her in a position to where she works tomorrow. So she just simply she can't stay up all night and talk about this highly problematic television show with us. Um, so here we are, us two fucking dunces. Um, the idea of Strangers with Candy on the surface is okay to me. Um, in fact, like a lot of the show is is fine because it's very... I wouldn't call it surrealist, but it's definitely like absurdist humor. Oh, you yeah. Know? Um, and like, I'm into that. It's cool. It's like fucking, I don't know, man. Uh, this is a show for theater kids, I feel like, right? Like theater kids would have loved this shit. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. Um, this has got drama kids written all over it. Right. My problem, though, is that it is... So we were talking before the show and you mentioned that this show is in a way it's, it doesn't really date itself outside of like the fashion of the show. And I think I, this is a thing that I'm, I'm the most of the reason I don't like the show is because of this one thing. And it's really, it's use of language, mm. which is something that is absolutely fucking bonkers coming from me. I get it. Like if you've listened to two episodes of this show, you know how I am. But like in the second episode, Stephen Colbert is a teacher in this show. We're going to go to all this, but this is, I want you guys to have the setup for my mood regarding this thing. In episode two, Stephen Colbert as a teacher in this high school is reading some sort of poetry or or giving a history lesson or something. Right. And he's like, and uh, so your assignment for tomorrow is to bring in a poem about such and such and whatever. And let's try not to make it too. And he walks over to the board and writes the word faggy and then (laughs) says faggy out loud. And I was like, Oh fuck, we're in it. We're in it now. Yeah. Here we are. You know that And that's just the whole fucking show. Like top to bottom thirty episodes. It's like she only her brother has a name. She only ever calls him the F word. Does he? Does she really? I didn't catch that for some reason. Yeah. She pretty much only like she only or or she'll call him other insults like right. fucking ball grabber or whatever else. But yes. Yeah. It's it's a lot. I mean, this is a show okay. This is a show about Jerry Blank, who is a 46-year-old who is going back to high school because she ran away, didn't graduate, and is now trying to, you know, do all the right things the wrong way or the wrong things the right way, depending on how you view it. And it's basically a parody of every single after-school special um, that there ever was. It's created by Stephen Colbert, which we've already talked about, and Tom Danello. Those two still work to this day. Tom is a producer on uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So, like, they're still, Mm -hmm. like, killing it, writing good stuff. You know, their careers aren't going anywhere. Ironically, um, I don't know what Amy's up to these days. I I didn't look. But um, she she is Tom Danello's children's godmother. And Mm -hmm. she has pretty funny stories about basically hanging out with a seven-year-old, which is pretty... She's basically a child as well, so it makes sense that they get along really, really well. Because uh, from what I understand, she's got problems. I don't know if you're familiar with her brother, David Sedaris. I am very familiar with David Sedaris. Yeah, he's really funny too, but I don't know if you've read any of his books. That dude... He's a, tra- he's a very transgressive fiction type person. Of He's a very Chuck Palahniuk type guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I remember there's a whole chapter in Me Talk Pretty One Day, which is probably his best known worker, the one that like kind of put him on the map where like he talks about being on cocaine and being so stressed out and like manic about it that he wanted more, but he couldn't afford another eight ball. And so he was straight up vacuuming the carpet around the coffee table so he could then snort that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, he's just a very, uh, a very honest person, troubled and honest. And I, I appreciate that a lot. I'm just given the use of language, like I said before, I'm just really shocked, especially now 
especially in this day and age, I'm very shocked that people came out clean on the other end of this and like are, are still that way. Like people like Stephen Colbert a lot. I like Stephen Colbert a lot, you know. I think you have to look at it. It's parody. Like the they're going over 100- the top and they're pushing the limits and and they're saying things that you should not say on television. Mm-hmm. And she is absolutely a like not meant to be a. She's meant to be like an ex-con, you know, a lifelong a lifelong problem person, right? So having that kind of verbiage is one thing. But the thing about it is, is I think I think that's where a lot of comedy was in the late 90s, just in general. It was common parlance, and that's what I think makes this show sort of a sign of the times. Like, every teen-ass movie that came out from, like, you know, that I remember from my preteen and teenage years up to a certain point, like up to about the mid-aughts, had the F word in it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, or, or pe or people using it in a derogatory way. Um, I mean, it was just, it was all over the place. And I think that hearing, you know, watching this, um, what was it? The, uh, TV and film museum, uh, behind the scenes documentary thing, that interview that was on the yeah. second season DVD. Um, I mean, like that's not long after, uh, you know, the heyday of this thing. And Stephen Colbert just talks like that on stage. Like, and it's all referential to things, so he's not, like, casually throwing the word around. It's all in reference to the show and to characters and to experiences and stuff like that. But it's just, like, man, it is real hard to watch that kind of shit just get tossed about and still kind of be like, oh, fuck, I should still talk about this in any sort of public way. <laughs> like, I feel like we should just bury this deep into the ground because it's not really a commentary on why it's a bad thing. It's just sort of like, hey, this is funny, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that would fly today. I think standards and practices at Comedy Central wouldn't let it go. It definitely let it go back in the day, but they let a lot of other things go. You know, they talk. I about, mean, South Park exists, existed, right. and still does. You know, so right, and they used to use that word. I'm pretty sure on the beginning of the show. Oh my God, yeah. So, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they still do. But the thing is, Comedy Central is only still around because South Park ever existed. I feel like so. Like, sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um. I don't know. This show, we were talking earlier, as you mentioned, and my argument is that a lot of the things that are the quote unquote problems of the week in this show are still problems. And, you know, the show offers no solutions. They offer parody anti-solutions to the problem, which is the whole point. Right. But they're all supposed to be like an after school special parody or satire sort of situation. This show sort of lampoons a lot of that dumb shit, right? Yeah, apparently there is one exact um, uh, movie and Mm -hmm. um, they basically ripped everything off of that show. And in fact, they said like all the the show, they actually had to do writing on the show when they ran out of one liners from this (laughs) real life after school special, which man yeah it was called it was called the trip back right uh, starring a person known as flory fisher who was in the uh you know in the 50s and 60s i guess was quite a character uh well-traveled sort of prostitute and junkie and you know a bunch of other stuff like that uh and so there's this scared straight psa special filmed in 1970 um that uh paul danilo and stephen colbert had seen and said oh shit this reminds us of our good friend amy and so they called her and kind of wrote this show. And uh, like you said, they stole they stole lines like verbatim from her, mm-hmm. like directly. And so then like gave like those are Amy's lines, you know? Yeah. My my favorite thing from the same back, you know, behind the scenes thing um, retrospective was them saying like uh, there's a particular line that they thought was going to get cut by standards and practices, um, which didn't. But it's a miracle. And it was uh, I'm going to let you put your your pinky in my stinky. No, I'm gonna make your pinky real stinky. Oh, make your pinky real stinky. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and they said to Amy, "We need you to do like five takes um, of this." The implication being not just to repeat, but right. make your stink, make your pinky all stinky, uh, but to do different lines. And they gave her options, and all she did was do the same line like five different ways, which is a solid, yeah. solid way to respond to that. I love it. Really it. Is. Um, I've watched a lot of interviews with her and she just does that. Like she is, I, you know, she's on for TV, but she seems like a challenge of a person. Like she's quick. Yeah. Amy Sedaris is very quick. Uh, and I bet she is a challenge. I bet she's a challenge to even be around as a human That's being. That's what I'm saying. Let alone like, yeah, in a professional manner. I mean, yeah, she seems like a lot to deal with, um, which 
good for her. I mean, you know? yeah, she's... <laughs> She's had a pretty prolific career considering. She so lives like, her life like, and yeah. she, she doesn't take any prisoners. And I love that about her. And she doesn't care yeah. what anyone thinks about her from, from the way it looks, you know, at least outwardly. Um, you know, she was on the, the late show with David Letterman for like five or six times. And every time she's giving everyone crap around her um, in a fun, right. joking way. It's not like personal or hatred or anything like that. It's just like messing with them. Um, and giving David crap. And then at the same time being like, I'm so sorry you're sick. Oh no. You know, and she's being yeah. honest about it, but she's, um, she's doing a lot of voice work now, which is why I say like everyone kind of came out on top, despite a lot of people sort of getting their, getting their start in air quotes. Cause they, you know, the thing is everyone's worked before their breakout thing that gets them known, right? Like you don't just show up on comedy central. Um, but this being sort of the Genesis for a few different people's careers, they're all really still working. I mean, Paul Danilo is the only one who's not working as much because he's more behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, his career is still plenty active. Stephen Colbert obviously is still working. Um, Mitch Rouse, who was the, well, one of the main, main writers and I believe producer, if I'm not mistaken, um, or director. He, uh, as I understand is still doing some, some behind the camera work as well. Um, and Sedaris, Amy Sedaris has been doing voices for, Hey man, if your kids watch cartoons or you watch modern cartoons, she's in them. Yeah, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, uh, Star versus the Forces of Evil, like all kinds of stuff. She's got a very um, she's a she's a character actor. Like I would say, Stephen Colbert, if he hadn't landed where he did, he'd also be in this kind of like voice. He does a lot of voice work in the beginning too. Um, yeah, he's just really good at manipulating his voice, and he doesn't. He's not afraid to take risks at all. And neither one of them are. Like if if you told them not to do something, they're gonna try to do it, you know, kind of sure. people. And, um, yeah, they just, that's gotta be awesome in the booth because you're like, Hey, do it this way. And they have no, um, self, that's the right word I'm trying to think of. Like they don't really have any self hatred or self like, Oh yeah, I know I could totally do it that way. You know what I mean? Like they'll just jump at it. Right. They won't doubt themselves. They're not going to attempt to like, I don't know. They just have no boundaries. I'm trying to find the right word, but it's gotta be great to work with them in VO. I can only imagine. I mean, and I mean, for my part, my favorite work that Stephen Colbert has ever done was as uh, Phil Seven in Harvey Birdman. Mm -hmm. I mean, beyond his work on, uh, you know, the Colbert Report and everything else, like that stuff was all good um, and it was fine. But I like, I don't know, my personal favorite is his work on Harvey Birdman and some miscellaneous other things that he's done voice work too. I mean, I, I like his voice work. I like his, I like when he's allowed to be so completely unchained. Mm -hmm. Um, I think actually his sort of persona, um, as Stephen Colbert of the Colbert report and, and other stuff like that, I think has held him back creatively, even though he was allowed to do like a lot of buck ass wild shit, uh, you know, during his, his still running, uh, efforts. I don't know. I think that as a, as a voice actor, he could have been, he could have been pretty interesting. Could have been pretty prolific. You know, my favorite, um, voiceover character for him is um professor impossible from the venture brothers did you ever see that it's also very good yeah mm -hmm. he basically plays uh mr fantastic but he's overbearing and like just a total asshole to everybody just a total fucking arrogant dickhead yeah, yeah. like he's in like no one can stand that guy it's it's that kind of guy and he has no sympathy for anyone including his wife who is the invisible woman obviously sue storm they change her name and she can't turn invisible she can just turn her skin invisible so you can see so she becomes her. this nasty meat woman yeah, yeah it's, it's great. great it's <laughs> so great. good uh can we just talk about the venture brothers instead oh, it's a better it show it's such a good show i haven't watched like the last three seasons but i still love it until, until yeah it's great it's great um so i want to go over just sort of because we've sort of piddled around and just been rambling about this show so the idea is this thing ran uh from april 7th in, of 1999 it got three seasons it uh culminated in uh october 2nd 2000 was its final uh i think th four years late five years later in 2005 uh there was a prequel film that was released i have not seen that uh one because it sort of falls outside the prescribed wheelhouse that we have here and secondly because by the time i watched 30 episodes of this very bad show i was kind of done they also all got watched over the span of like watched two or three a little while ago and then pretty much all of them over a 48 hour period so it's a lot to take in were you um, were you like me when you're watching it and you're like not laughing to yourself do you know what i mean like you're not laughing out loud you're just kind of like huh that's funny 
Yeah, I don't laugh out loud at things, and I've, I've always thought it's weird that uh, people who do, like the people who can sit on their couch and watch a thing that is, I will think is legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, and it'll almost never get any more than kind of a, one of those like little hard breaths out of your nose, yeah. you know? And then I see people sitting next to me who will just like, they will cackle like idiots, and I I don't get it. I'm just not that person. See, I laugh at things that aren't supposed to be funny. Like I laugh at me and Jamie are watching this horrible show um, called 90 day fiance before the 90 days, which is this um, show about that's all. Hold on. Wait, that's the whole title. Yeah, it's very long. Holy (laughs) shit. That doesn't even fit on a whole. If it was a seven hour show, it wouldn't fit on your guide (laughs) channel fucking bar. I know. Right. Uh, it's about people who, uh, U.S. people who are dating people overseas and then they're going to propose when they go over there and they're just making horrible decisions. And that I'll, I will, I will cackle like straight up sure. cackle at these people making horrible choices all day long. Situational stuff gets me a lot, or especially if I can like sort of lampoon something or be like, what in the actual fuck that, am I seeing? That's like, ex- those yeah. things, those get me, that's but like jokes, is. I don't laugh at jokes. Right. Like all the I don't jokes know why. This, I'm a broken person. I'll, I'll be like, that's a great joke. This is a great, right. this is a great joke. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would, I mean, this show is not an example because, well, some of it's kind of funny uh, to me, but in comedy in general, uh, even like comedy specials and stuff, I'll recognize and be like, that's a great joke. Uh-huh. Yep. Very funny. Solid. Everything about this is good. And I will not laugh at it. I don't know, man. Um, This show in particular, as we said earlier, it's sort of a problem of the week after school special sort of thing. Every week they lightly kind of try to tackle a different issue that you would see in one of those after school things. So you're talking, uh, you know, smoking, abstinence, uh, anorexia or eating disorders, um, racism, like all this, all this kind of stuff like that, that they sort of lightly touch on in the first four minutes of the episode. But by the time that's over, the plot's usually sort of dropped. It's very much like a family guy thing. Mm-hmm. I like to say, mm-hmm. and that family guy will generally start off with a main plot in about four minutes. It's kind of, there's sort of a secondary plot that has come up and become the main plot and the main plot may never get referenced again. And then you've got four or five other just like sort of random things like a cutaway or a fight scene or something that may happen. And that's kind of the structure of a family guy show. And I would say that this show has that, you know, I feel like the show has a lot or I feel like there are shows that owe a lot, especially from the McFarland, the Seth McFarlane camp. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are, they owe a lot to this thing. There's a character. My favorite character in American dad is uh, principal Lewis. He's just this angry black principal who does a lot of strange, like crazy and also inappropriate shit. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot like Principal Blackman, um, a little less refined. He's a little more like, um, hold on, like you, loud and, and you just say his full name. He has a full name. Oh, can you? Oh, hold on. Can you please? <laughs> principal Onyx Blackman. And mm-hmm. it's not black man. He's, it's Blackman. It's Blackman. And he's fucking a lot of students. Uh, yeah. A lot of people in general. Uh, he's getting down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I noticed in like, I think it's like the second or third episode before they hint that he's fucking students and just people in general. And like the second or third episode, there's a girl who's carrying her notebooks like up against her chest, like all high school girls do in TV. Um, She's got her books and her binders and stuff. And on the back notebook, it has written in Sharpie, I love Onyx. (laughs) And I was like, hmm. Okay, so so that's what this guy's about. He his character fucks students. There's a lot uh, of that though, like stuff in the background that's referential to the scene and and overall plot. Their their pro- plot, de- Jesus Christ, their prop department killed it. Yeah. Um, they said in that same documentary thing we were talking about that that interview uh, or panel, you know how it was really cool that this show sort of came together in a, in a great way, um, and that they sort of implicitly trusted each department to handle their business. You know, if they said, "Hey, we're doing an episode on abstinence. What do you got?" and the fucking prop department comes out with these stupid like never been touched pins with the cherry and they have ch- actual cherries oh. that they fucking like so good they were really good they were really good um there's a lot of good in this show as far as like what it is i just kind of wish this show for me may have been especially if i saw it in the 90s it like could be something i hold very dear to my heart maybe if it wasn't so problematic with its language like i think i could really be like yo you guys should absolutely watch this if it's just, in fact, it's just I would say, I would scene? say, no, dude, it is all the time. So uh, I'm going to get blue with this because I'm quoting something. So I'm just going to tell you, there's another scene uh, during the, uh, the anorexia episode, I think during season one or early season two, um, where she's discovering that she's <laughs> Stephen Colbert's character tells her she's too fat to join the debate. Team. Oh yeah. That was so good. <laughs> So anyway, it's not going to win any of those arguments when you got all that extra weight on you, Jerry. Your arguments are looking a little puffy, <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Oh, it's so fucking good. See, uh, I think you like this show. I really do. I do. I do. I like the show. I just have I just have a very big problem. I can't tell people you should watch this thing. Um Trigger because they're gonna they're gonna see that. the they're gonna see these quotes they're gonna see this language and be like that's fucking what that's what you're signing yeah um so anyway she's this is anorexia bit that's kind of going on through the whole thing and she figures out that if you make yourself puke in a bathroom you can eat whatever you want you can lose weight and whatever so that's like this this underlying story and somebody comes everyone jokes about how fat she is which like her character is not even fat I guess compared to a high school girl she is and she's also like behind the scenes wearing like a like a bottom pooch fat suit oh that's so good this character yeah which is also really great though the, but anyway the one so they scene tell where her they she, have her go into the pool and it's like mm-hmm. double big for some reason i'm just like why did you do that it is awesome but like there's no reason to do that at all and like i was afraid that when she was gonna jump in and she was gonna float because it was right <laughs> all air. right but so the other problem i i mean the problem that i was referencing is that someone says Something to the effect of like, come on, man, aren't you, you know, aren't you going to come to the cafeteria, man? It's like enchilada day or whatever. And she says, and I quote something to the effect of using this word. Oh, God damn it. I love spick food. <laughs> yeah, she does say that. <laughs> yeah. And I was just and it's like, and it's like that shit happens like every episode. Oh, yeah. She and says ching like, chong and like reference to Chinese people. It's bad. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't fucking sign on to this. I can't tell people this is good. Like the comedy's fine. It's Stephen Colbert and fucking like Amos Darius and like all these great comedians who are still to this day incredibly funny. And this is when they were young and hungry and great. Like there's a lot of good comedy in here. There's a lot of good um sort of uh uh situational comments a lot of physical gags that are nice this is like i said this could have been a great show to me if not for the fact that watching it every single episode i'm like ooh, can't do that can't do that it's like it's always sunny in philadelphia is going to be perceived in 10 years from now because some of those earlier episodes of it's always sunny also really fucking problematic see that's a show i can't get into for some reason at all like i just don't it doesn't click with me but yeah um, can we talk about, so we talked about principal Onyx Blackman. Um, let's talk about Charles or Chuck Noblet, which is Stephen Colbert's character. Who's the history teacher for the high school. Um, and he's also sponsor of the school newspaper. He's also apparently a failed violinist, which is a great episode when he learns that, you know, he tries to get Jerry to play the violin for him so he can basically Millie Vanilli it, uh, which is awesome. Uh, sponsor of the debate team. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you can't talk about Chuck without talking about Jeff uh, Jelinek, which is Paula Donello's character, who is the uh, art teacher. And it's Joffrey. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's not it's not Jeffrey. It's Joffrey. Uh, right. And Joffrey and Chuck, like right out the gate, they meet in a public restroom in the park. And both of them are supposedly with their kids, with their children. And they're both either single by you know widow widower or you know divorced, and they straight up just like totally bone down in this in this park bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are um, closeted gay men, I guess, um, and it's a secret that they hold. Um, but it's a recurring motif in the show that like they're lovers, but they're not. And then like in season two, I know they both. Or at least Chuck has a wife, um, and all this other stuff like that. And it's just, it's yeah, they kind of dip it, f- they dip out of it in season in season two for sure because it kind of the gag just kind of runs out of steam at the end of season one. Sure, but I do love the fact they keep showing up at places together, like in a scene. And like, what are you guys doing here? Ah, uh, nothing. Mm-hmm. No, just yep, walking around, just going just going for a jog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one time uh, where they are going for a jog, and, and Steve Colbert is outside going, Joffrey, we gotta go. My heart rate's going down. I got- <laughs> I'm cooling down. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. Um. Hmm. We've talked about uh, we talked about Jerry Blank in a way. I mean, she's just a you know she ran away from home, did a bunch of drugs and crime and prostitution and bullshit. Stole the and TV. Now she's going back to. Yep, she stole the TV. She's going back to high school now. Um, her family's great. I I kind of like a lot of that. Her dad, I guess. God, uh, is that Guy Blank? Guy yeah. Guy Blank. Yeah. There's a really good bit through all of season one where her dad is there and he's just in various stages of frozen like shock, like he's just been scared by a monster and he's about <laughs> to die in a horror movie. I always assume that he was dead and like he's in rigor, you know, like 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like that. Except the thing is, is the family never recognizes it, and in fact, acts as if he's just a normal guy doing normal shit. They're like, no, 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 don't stand up. I got this. Or like, oh, calm down, Dad. You know, like it's really good. I think that's <laughs> a, a really social commentary on the fact that like all the dads in these after school special, you know, message shows and movies and stuff like has zero mm. zero to do with the story at all like they're never involved they're always like you know, the wife's always like i'll take care of it honey or whatever they're only there, they're only there to be disappointed <laughs> and to threaten to like hit you with a belt you right, know what i mean right so we got that we got sarah blank which is her stepmother her stepmother's a bitch she hates her she loves her son that's really all you need to hear about that she's kind of there's not really a lot else going on there played by deborah rush um, she's she's great though in that role yes Yes, Deborah Rush plays it extremely well. Um, but unfortunately, the character is like, there's not really a lot that goes on there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's a sort of a standard, probably highly medicated, like fucking baby boomer wife is the idea behind it, I guess. Um, you've got Derek Blank, her little brother. Uh, just a problem. Yeah, just a general problem, a, a shitty dickhead little stepbrother, I guess. Um, My favorite part is he can never like he has never has a retort. You know, he'll say something that he thinks is witty as a put down and she'll just come back at him with like razor blades. And he's like, you're lucky that I can't think of anything right now and then walk away. It's pretty good. Yeah. There was a bit in the first season where he would like he would always get caught up like he would go like he was going to beat her up or something and he would get like held back like dad doesn't move obviously but he goes to like step forward like he's going to throttle her or something and then like his shirt is like caught on his dad's like rigor mortis dad's like still hand and he's like you're lucky dad's holding me back right now or another time like his shirt gets caught on a doorknob and he's like you're lucky I can't do it like it's it's really good. (laughs) There's a lot of the show I like I'm not going to lie to you it's just fucking it's just a problem. Um. So Onyx Blackman is great. Chuck is great. Uh, Joffrey Jelinek, what a fucking weird character. Yeah. Like, just a strange, strange character. Like, a very uh, soft-spoken, effeminate art teacher uh, type guy. I like it. I I kept feeling Um, bad for him. He's the one person that I constantly am like... I just feel bad for you. Like, it's not even funny sometimes. It's like the whole episode where he decides to pursue his dream of being an artist and then quits teaching for some reason mm-hmm. because you have to do that to pursue your dream um and then within like two days can't pay the rent somehow which is just great yeah <laughs> he's like uh, teachers are very poor yeah <laughs> and his, his landlord comes over and he's like uh uh the rent's due today mr jelinek it's gonna be two hundred dollars and uh i'm like first of all two hundred dollars i mean but the apartment's small so i get it you know but uh, yeah. he's like, all right. And then he grabs the envelope that the check is supposed to go in for the rent. And he draws a quick face on it. And he says, that'll do me for like two days, right? <laughs> so good. Um, You got Coach Wolf, uh, played by Sarah Tyre. Sarah Thire. Um, that character is your general female gym teacher character that you see in every tv show ever like a little bit stronger featured a little bit more masculine featured in the face um sort of played off as this i don't know the kind of flip-flop between like whether or not she's going to be a more butch type person or whether or not she's very feminine um it's a strange dynamic but she definitely is like a hard-ass type gym teacher which is sort of that that's that gym teacher mentality right which i think also here's the thing i never had a dickhead gym teacher my whole life no. And I wonder if it's because I was athletic or if it's just because only like extremely like maligned nerds ever had that experience of like absolutely hating gym class. Like gym was my favorite class for a long time, you know. I had less enthusiastic gym teachers, but they were older and they were like ready to retire. But the younger guys that right. came on board afterwards, they were cool. Like I would I would actually do what yeah. they suggested. They's like, "Hey, you should try this." And I'd be like, "Okay." Sure, I'll try it. Yeah, they all they all want like that's the class that you get to play fucking like indoor hockey in. Like right. that's a that's a good class to have. Um, but I think theater kids in general, especially like maybe maybe from a certain generation, like I don't know, maybe maybe gym teachers were a problem in the seventies. I don't know. Um, but anyway, Coach Wolf seems fine enough. 
Um, bit of a hard ass, but not too bad. Her, her biggest starring moment is the episode about abstinence where she's like heading up the club and teaching them about basically right. retaining or regaining their virginity, which is a pretty awesome concept that really did exist for a while. Um, it might still in some circles, but, uh, <clears throat> she, <laughs> there's a scene in that they're in the gym and she's doing like inner thigh workouts to work out her yeah. sexual aggression. And it is very good. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, Mitch Wolf? Strengthening the defenses. <laughs> yes, she could <laughs> Oh man, there's a lot of good one-liners that are only great in like knowing the situation. They're not great. It's, it's not a super quotable show, but to you and I who have just watched us to like a thing where you've seen it and you know what I'm referencing. Like there, man, there are some really good like single line hits in this one. I am really surprised, and I'd love your take on this before we continue. Like as an aside. Why aren't there more memes about this show? This show seems like a meme factory. I am just, I cannot believe that I haven't seen one meme about this at all. Um, I think the biggest reason is it was part of a throwaway period of TV programming that, um, like this show, this show did not do well. Mm. Uh, I'm absolutely shocked that it got three seasons and then somehow they fucking convinced people to make a movie. Um, because it didn't do very well in ratings, kind of like favored by critics at the time a little bit. I mean, it was raunchy, but that was like sort of the style of the late nineties. I mean, like I said, this is the South Park era. Um, so people were sort of like, sure, that's, that's fine. Um, I think it's not sort of memed out as much because people just don't fucking know it exists, you know? Um, or it's, it's a very forgettable show because it, there's, it didn't establish a giant um, following or a giant uh, legacy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one half of it. I think the other half of it is that nothing really happens in this show at all. It's a problem of the week thing that like isn't fall out of your seat funny, didn't take the nation by storm even at the time. So I think it's just it's just forgotten completely. In the same way that um, you know Saul Saul of the Mole Men from Adult Swim didn't take off, right? Um, just that there was this whole slew of surrealist, uh, absurdist comedy that happened on Adult Swim throughout the late 2000s, um, even live action stuff, especially. And there are, there are probably 15 of those shows that got a full season or two or three that I could, I could name off. And most people have never even fucking heard of them. And they were on primetime programming for Adult Swim. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it's not even memes I'm thinking of, but maybe just more gifts. There's just no gifts of this show that I've really seen. Um, and there's so many weird non sequitur or even applicable little clips. You know what I mean? Like line one liners, mm-hmm. like what we're talking about, like strengthening the defenses. That is yeah. a great, if you could like chunk that down into a five second gif, like it's perfect. This show needed, um, this show needed a catchphrase. You know, Jerry kind of says good times a couple times. Uh, in this, in the same way, which I imagine is probably one of the lines that was stolen from Flory Fisher because she says it like throughout different seasons, a few different times in the same exact manner. Um, but I think beyond that, there's not really a lot in the way of like a, a catchphrase or an identifier for this show. For me, the show is like complete, like I, when Heather said she wanted to watch, she wanted to talk about this and sort of brought this on as a possible subject. This was my like my prime time for watching comedy central would have been when this was on air. And I do not even fucking like I, up until I started watching it this week did not, I couldn't put a face to it. I couldn't put a logo to it. I couldn't put an idea, but I had no clue what it was. If you had told me strangers with candy was a drama show, I would have believed you. Hmm. This reminds me this show when we were talking about, it, I was immediately like, Oh yeah, that's the show that is. And then I realized that what I was thinking of, was Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall? Yeah. Yeah. And I immediately got them confused. And Kids in the Hall, I'm a huge fan of Kids in the Hall. I love that show. I, I own Brain Candy, the Kids in the Hall movie, which is very good. And that's another reason why I got it confused, is because Brain Candy, Strangers with Candy, you know. Yeah, sure. I've never seen Kids in the Hall. Oh, uh, I think you would like it. It doesn't have the problematic stuff, um, partially because... I've never seen Freaks and Geeks either. Like, either like I. I missed a whole a whole section of like weird shit like that. Yeah, Kids in the Hall is a sketch comedy show, much like like Monty Python or something like that. Um, not hmm. like this. It is it is interesting to point out that Strangers with Candy is the first non um, sketch comedy full length written show on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I'm shocked that this show did as well as it did, even though, I mean, it really didn't do all that well. It is, there's a, there's an entry. Let me see if I can find it on their Wikipedia page. It says uh, that in 2007, Strangers with Candy was ranked number 30 on TV Guide's top cult shows ever. That may be the only anecdote anyone has about this show because there's really, I mean, look, man, in my research for this television show, for this, or for this podcast, go to youtube.com, type in quotes the words strangers with candy and see what comes up. It's almost nothing. There is almost nothing there. There's almost no one talking about this show. There is, there are so few people in the land of like desperate content creators like ourselves. You would think that someone else would have like a 30 minute fucking retrospective on strangers with candy and what it is. They don't exist. So I think that even that anecdote about it being such a popular, so seemingly popular, even though I guess number 30 is not exactly something to brag about, but cult classic show, cult show, I'm shocked. I am shocked that this show got three seasons in a movie and we only got one season of Firefly. Right. Yeah. I mean, they did you know hide I mean? this show too. Sunday nights at 10 PM. I wouldn't really call that it's a rough slot. Time. I mean, that's, that's rough. No, no, that's a rough slot. That, I mean, that's a hard slot to fill. Um, 10 p.m. is a bad slot in general. Sunday nights at 10 is even worse, uh, especially at that time, you know, in the age before, uh, you know, TiVo in the year 1999 was uh, Time Magazine's product of the year, if I'm not mistaken. But the thing is, is like, I didn't know anybody that had a TiVo in their house or any sort of DVR thing in their house until probably like 2003. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so in an age of like on-air programming, you catch it when it's on air or you fucking miss it. That's a hard slot. I wonder, is there anyone else you want to talk about, like, cast-wise in here? Everything else is kind of, eh. No, everything else about the show is useless to me. I mean, there's there's not much else to mention. I think we should talk about my theory on this, which is, again, that this show is kind of timeless, with the exception of the language issue. I'm wondering, like, Amy Sedaris could straight up play Jerry Blank today, for real, I think she'd have to do a lot less work on trying to make her face look old, uh, not because she's aged, but because I think a lot of that weird mouth thing she does was to sort of make her look mm-hmm. like a, like she's lost teeth. You know what I mean? Kind of like have that sort of old grandpa turtle mouth kind of thing. I'm wondering if her face um, hurt. It must have hurt all day. It has to have. It had to have. I mean, I had, we put the call out earlier to ask and my, my guy Chad said uh, th- that exact same thing. He was like, I have to wonder how bad her face hurt playing that. Yeah. Uh, and she does do it less and less. I noticed throughout the uh, the show or it's less, it's less strenuous it doesn't look like she's like trying too hard like she does it in a much more relaxed way um but i think she could do it now honestly i think that this show could be rebooted and be a hit you know they they tone the language back quite a bit um they can take on video games they can take on memes they could take on a whole you know host of things they could poke fun at gamergate they could poke fun at um trigger warnings i mean like literally there is a treasure trove of things that they could, you know, parody. Yeah. Um, I think in a, in a hypothetical situation like that, that this show could absolutely come out again. Um, the problem with that is, is it would be, we are not in that time anymore. These type of shows don't exist anymore. They run for a season on Fox or half a season on Fox and they get canceled. I mean, we don't get, we don't get absurdist comedy TV anymore with the exception of anything you might find on like, again, adult swim or cartoon network. Um, comedy central really isn't doing this. Uh, you know, CBS, TBS, NBC, like, like nobody's really doing this kind of shit anymore. So while I think the content, I, you know what I think this, so you mentioned this earlier, you had brought up earlier that you think the show could be rebooted before the show. I think it can, but it would absolutely have to be a digital thing. It would have to be, mm. um, or, or, or a subscription thing. It would have to be a YouTube uh, series or Netflix or Hulu or, or something along those lines. I don't think you could put it on network TV or even cable TV. Cause I, I don't think it would work. I don't think people would watch it. I think Hulu would be a great platform for it. Actually. Yep. It'd be a huge risk. Yeah. You don't you know do six episodes, just like the pilot season for the show. That's why there are three seasons. They're very short seasons or, Oh yeah, they're only thirty episodes total. Yeah, so it's like I think the I first mean, one's eight, second one's six, and then the rest are in the third season, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just most of the comedy, with the exception of the language and the premises, are straight up timeless to me. Like uh, the, the episode where Jerry falls in love with a new kid who doesn't know who his parents are. He's an orphan, 
and then they go right. to the, the dance together and it turns out that she's his mom and she's and then after she figures that or they figure that out he says she says after they figure that out she says still want to make out and i'm like mm-hmm. that's good that's good comedy right there yeah you think we're too jaded yeah, is it's... that why we don't laugh at this stuff you know what i mean like i know good comedy if i'm in a if i'm in a comedy club i'm gonna laugh at that joke right but for whatever reason i'm at home alone i just don't laugh i think i'm dead inside i don't laugh at comedy shows like and i i go to them and i don't laugh at them um i enjoy my time greatly and i enjoy the joke and i enjoy the art form um hell if i had any more balls uh and a, and a lot a lot more time on my hands or freedom at least hell i might even try to pursue a career in it not that i'm good at it but you know it was it was it was a, it was a dream once uh but no, yeah, maybe maybe we are just broken people because I fucking it's hard to get me to laugh at something that is not me. Instead of enjoying a joke or a bit, I tend to laugh more uh, when I'm able to make fun of someone. But then I just had this thought, which is why I sort of stopped in the middle of that sentence there. Podcasts, when I'm by myself, mm. can sometimes get me. I have laughed so hard I've cried for my podcast, but I, I realize it's only like I've literally had to pull my car over. Um, because I was laughing so hard and I'm thinking maybe I just don't like to laugh in front of other people. Yeah. Could be. I think we just had a breakthrough. It's possible. It's a breakthrough. Well, you now owe me $120. Fuck. Can I pay you in smiley faces drawn on envelopes? You can, yeah, you can Venmo me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Like cash app. I use cash app. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, that's about all I have to say about the show, other than the fact that it was, uh, I think the first and second seasons were filmed in an abandoned elementary school, which is cool. That's awesome. Um, so the violent kids bit um, that they have that sort of comes comes around is actually something they, they wrote into the show because that elementary school had um, this like horrifying like asylum style padded room in it. Um, yeah. So they were like, what in the actual fuck? So yeah, they, they use that, that room and that bit for the violent kids a couple times. I would love, um, I said this before in other shows, I want to be in the writer's room for a lot of this stuff because literally they were talking in that interview that like, there was nothing that they could say that wasn't going to be in the show. Like standards and practices only came down on that. Make your pinky all stinky line. And apparently after 15 minutes of talking about it in the context of the rest of the episode, standards and practices were like, Sure. It makes sense. Well, they, they said in that in that uh, thing, there was only one. I think there was only one or maybe there were two examples. But the, I remember the one example. And if there were two, there were only two different jokes that ever got outright denied. And one was... Oh, um, the albino maybe the, only the dwarf. One. Yeah, the one, the, one, the one about the albino ran off with my dwarf. And they were like, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't do that. But they let them say that albino ran off with my hobo, which... Sure. I got like, whatever, man. Like, none of... Well, I think... Who who had a dwarf child on the fucking on the standards and practices board that was like you can't do that? <laughs> yeah, right. You I know? think that the uh, the thing they said was like Comedy Central cannot put out a casting call for both an albino and a dwarf at the same time. Like that's just utterly like we just can't do that. That would look horrible. Um, right. To me, I'm just like we'll just put one out and then put another one out. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, or maybe also again, maybe it's just smart to avoid those jokes. Altogether yeah. Because yeah. what the fuck? What the actual fuck? <laughs> But I mean, the freedom that that involves uh, is really good for the creative process. I mean, they basically were like, if we think it's funny, it's going in the show, which is amazing to have that mentality and freedom. You know, like, I think that the reason they got three seasons of this show is because Comedy Central had nothing, nothing. Yeah. They just had stand-up. Especially when it comes to live action. I mean, it was like, it was literally, it was stand-up South Park and fucking Crank Yankers at this time. Oh, and The Man Show. I think The Man Show was on. Yeah, that might have been. Was that that or was that on tbs was that was comedy i think central, it was on comedy right? central originally and then tbs bought the rights and moved it over and adam and okay. uh jimmy left the show when that happened too yeah i was i was not a big fan of the man show um i mean i like parts of it mostly the credits but that's because at the time i was just desperate to see titties um yeah so i thought that was what i liked and i liked that for like a week and then i found out that e online like after about 11 p mm. e online jesus christ uh e the entertainment network right. after about 11 p.m was just all spring break footage all year long so but i never saw that was i don't think i ever me. saw you know, there was no like actual nudity right no 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 it was all still bikinis because see it was the early 2000s and we didn't have in your pocket access to fisting videos so <laughs> <laughs> it's true we did not also 
was this when did this hey here's another question guys uh out there in the youtubes and the twitters and the social media like i want you to call us and i want you to find out when the spice channel stopped existing because i remember that thing going at least until 2000 but i could be wrong american dad made a joke about the spice channel still being around in episode in uh season 10 or 12 which is not that long ago um, like into modern times, like into Pornhub being around. Weird. Um, I would not be surprised if it, it still existed in some way, shape, or form, but I refuse to look it up. Um, not because I want to taint my search history. Don't worry, the work's done. <laughs> uh, Don't worry, kids. That's already happened. <laughs> yeah, I've already I've already taken care of that. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on? Or can we get out of here? Now nah, we can go. I I still say this show is worth watching. Um, it's not the best in the world. It is problematic, but I think it's also like super ahead of its time in a weird way. I want to touch on something I probably should have said from the beginning of the show. This this show has some some shit that you shouldn't be saying out loud in it, as I've referenced a few different times, but. There is an extra, there's another side you need to look at here, which is the, the fact that we know from other medium, from other shows and stuff like that, sort of the temperament and maybe a lot of the intent behind the things that people like Stephen Colbert and Amy Sedaris are doing. Like they are probably, I don't know them personally, but they seem like good people. It seems like their intent in this show and later on in life is not to cast aspersions or say negative things. It was just a bit, it's just comedy. My pants aren't all on a fucking ruffle over it i'm just saying it's kind of fucked up to see like stephen colbert say the word faggy you know what i mean it's just i'm just kind of like oh shit dude really come on you can't be like that um like i said i i'll never watch it again i'll never watch another episode of this again ever for the rest of my life and i will never tell anyone to but if you like this show i i can see why especially like i said it screams fucking you know generation z slash millennial fucking theater kid bullshit like this this is absolutely that type of show um yeah i'm over it though i'm glad we can be done would you fuck jerry blank no Hmm. i might let her do naughty things to me in the dark though not like genital to genital things but like blowjob stuff yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm probably there too. Yeah, I mean, you can't see it. That mouth's like, mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 The I do like, I do love the fact that she is like literally into everybody. Like she has no standards. Yeah, she yes. just wants to fuck. She's down. Yeah. That's pretty great. <laughs>